Father, we thank you and we give you praise. We give you glory. We ask, Lord, now that you bless the remainder of this service and we speak these things in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. You may be seated. All right. First, let me tell you this. I'm healed. Okay. So I'm going to walk in healing. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of not things not seen. And as Peter stepped out of that boat into the substance of faith, then the sick needs to step out of the sickness into the, the substance of faith and let faith carry us. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Revelation chapter 1 and verse 3. We're going to start with verse 3. Many people are preaching out of this book. I know that this morning at Grace that uh, Pastor Josh is, is starting to preach. We was told Tuesday he's going to start preaching out of the book of Revelation. So right now, Father God, just let your spirit cover that pastor and let him speak truth right now this morning to that congregation. Uh, when when the, the Bennett's come over and we were sitting there fellowshipping and, and uh, because we're, most of the time we just turn TV off and, and uh, it's, it's usually, I, I don't like to, the voice of TV. And the older I get, there's certain people I don't want speaking in my house, okay? And so I don't want the devil speaking in my house. Uh, so the, 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 the language is terrible that they, they just use. It's terrible language. doesn't have to be. And you, you get back into the old movies, the black and whites, and you do those things, and there's a certain amount of respect for God. I knew that, know that the church was starting to fall away back then, but there was a certain amount of respect. Now, now the devil has prophets, okay? And it's an amazing thing how these prophets of the devil are waking up and showing people some things. And what the, the prophets of the devil is doing is showing people, yeah, that they're, we're coming to the end of the last days, but man is going to be able to take care of it. I'm telling you right now, man's not going to be able to take care of it. And so we, we see uh, this. Uh, so one thing about it, we knew the star on there wasn't going to get killed. We know that. And we, we saw him fall into a trench, but he's dead. No, I said, watch, in a minute he'll be Indiana Jones and his fingers will be coming up over the cliff and he'll pull himself up and they'll all cheer and they're all crying. He died and all of a sudden there's his fingers on the side of the, then he's pulling himself up and everybody's cheering. But the thing that caught my attention was the hailstones that was falling from the sky and the earthquake that was taking place. It was real. And, and so I said, to, I said to the Lord, well, the Lord actually said to me, he said, I want you to watch that because they're depicting it right. And I said, is that right? And he said, yeah. He said, this is the way it's going to be. And it was amazing. There was fire everywhere. These, these hailstones are coming out of the atmosphere they're not being by any man there's no bomb that blew up that's an amazing thing and and there's let, let me tell you something god doesn't need a hydrogen a bomb he doesn't need a uh, an atomic bomb he doesn't need anything nuclear listen when this thing starts to take place and it starts to fall apart it's not going to be anything that man does it's going to be everything god does understand that god 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 doesn't need man's help and he's going to show man that man cannot save himself, by the way. And then when you look at the, the, uh, the different things that's taken place in this book, you wonder sometimes, how can anybody be alive when it all comes to an end? 
And so, you know, they cursed God because of the hailstorm, the, the hail, and the hail was 110 pounds apiece. Well, if you have a meteorite fall to earth, it's about the size of a baseball. It'll be an atomic bomb like you can't believe. And so things are happening. And it was an amazing thing that, that uh, the, the world itself was being destroyed. But yet man, and in, in their helicopters and stuff, they're, they're saving animals. And they build their own arcs. It was amazing. They build their own arcs. And they put the animals in there. You know, and so then at the end, there they're sitting there in the new world that they've created. And man is now going to take care of himself. And so listen, here's, here's what the devil wants you to understand. The devil wants you to think that you're God and that you're going to be able to take care of yourself. It's called humanism, okay? And, and uh, listen, pantheism is when people believe that there's a God, but he left this world to man, and man takes care of it. Now, I want you to understand something. We're in trouble. Our worldviews are in trouble today, and the church is in trouble today because we don't look at it. Now, the Lord did something here and in, in uh, Revelation 1-3. So after we... we uh, saw that movie and, and I thought well how's this thing going to end I mean everything's destroyed and there it was in the end man came to man's rescue ha huh, interesting and man saved the day so the man of steel superman you know when, when man makes his own god he has so much unbelief even in his own god that he has to invent Krypton. The man of steel. But yet they do Krypton to show, hey, why, why, why do we do that? Because of unbelief. And so they'll have a form of godliness, but they'll deny the power thereof from such turn away. So man makes his own God. Man, when he makes his own God, he makes him weak. And he makes it so man himself can triumph. Listen, you're not going to triumph without God. It ain't going to happen. And the United States, in trouble. Yeah, we are. Europe is in trouble. Yes, it is. The whole world is. And here, here's something I like about it, too. It's not going to be global. It's going to be in certain parts of the world. Listen, it's going to be everywhere. This is going to be global. And then I, I like another thing that they say and, and what it is. There's really not going to be one man, but it's going to be a nation. No, there's one man. He's called Antichrist, and he's in the world today, by the way. He just hasn't got to take his place. So Revelation 1-3, she's going to bring it up. Yeah, okay, here it is. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. And I said to the Lord, I said, I preached this not too long ago. He said, I want you to preach it again. I said, okay. So I didn't get on, go back and look at my other notes. He gave he give this to me. And so, if you like it, then we'll give God the glory. And if you don't like it, then, you know, that's tough. God still give it to me. Here we go. But the word blessed is this. Joyful, happy with excitement. Listen, he, it is he who follows the instruction of this word that's going to be happy. Going to be joyful with excitement. Really? Did you ever read this thing? Huh? Did you ever read it? Did you ever just read this thing? It's an interesting thing about this book. We are commanded to read it. We're commanded to read it. You know, 
How many of you, I'm not talking about Tony and, and John now, John Grishmore, Tony Singleton. Yeah, I am. Hey, they don't like to read directions. If, if, they, put some, if they put something together, they don't read directions. They just put it together, right? And, and I don't know how they do that because I'll read the directions and still have parts left over. They, they, don't have, they don't read directions, and they get it to working. And I'm thinking, there's something wrong. I mean, I, I read the directions, and I still don't get it right. So you know, you know what has happened, see, is they've read directions, and they've read directions, and they've read directions until they know how to get it right. And that's all this book is saying. This book is saying, read it, read it, read it, read it, read it, read it, read it. And if you keep reading it and keep reading it and keep reading it, you'll get it right. Because listen, once you read this book and you come to an end, end of it, if you're not happy, there's something wrong with you. Because the end of this book is wonderful. It, the end of this book is powerful with what God does. It's amazing. So he says this. He says, read it. He said, read it. It simply means read it. But pastor, I don't understand it. It doesn't say here, read it and understand it. It says, read it. When in, in our school, we can take kids and turn them around because there's something that we do in this school and we're firm about it. We teach kids how to read. Isn't that right? We teach children how to read. You, you come out of, out of uh, what's your name? Sherry. She was in the hospital in really, really bad shape. This is a long time ago. And I'm praying for her and I'm saying, finally she said, Sherry. I was praying for her and I couldn't remember him. Heal, heal, heal. She said, Sherry. She was so sick. And I said, well, thank you. Pray for yourself from now on. You know, so, yeah. But she did say that. Hey, one thing that we do is that if you go through Sherry's kindergarten class, you're going to learn to read. It's amazing. Read. Uh, Nancy, uh, last year, taught the first grade, I think it was, kindergarten, first grade. And boy, them little kids can read. So I got this special job now in school. Uh, I get to teach fourth grade history and second grade history. That second grade history is amazing. I did not know. I'm learning with the second graders. Because I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to tell you, <clears throat> only those who I've talked to will know the answer to this. But do you know how many counties are in New York City? Not New York. Oh, quit. Oh, you saw him. Oh, you did too. That's why I got two in here that know. Five counties just in New York City. But do you know the name of them? Oh, you do not. Give me a name. Oh, shut up. You do. Okay, okay. Oh, we got it on tape. She's right. 
Queens, the Bronx, and you just go down through Brooklyn and all those. Stanton Island. Did, did anybody in here know that Stanton Island was a county? I know you did. Lord, I know you did. I know, yeah. But most of us in here, I didn't know that. If I had read it, I'd done forgot it. And so we're reading that. And those little guys, they learn that because they do something. They read. They read. And, and if, if you've had difficulty in school reading, then you had difficulty learning certain things. Okay? So here's what he says to do. He says, blessed is he who reads. Who reads. Simply means if you read, you will learn what's in this book. It will teach you itself. This book will teach you itself. It's an amazing book. And then the second thing, those who hear. Look what he says. He says, blessed are, is he who reads and those who hear. And those who hear, read out loud. And let people hear this because this is an amazing, amazing thing. Listen to what Jesus says when he's speaking to the churches. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And if we will read this thing, the Spirit of God will start to speak to us. Amazing. The Spirit of God. Because here's what Jesus wants. This is the revelation of the testimony of Jesus Christ. Listen to what Jesus wants. He doesn't want one person to be lost. He wants that all will come to repentance. Will they? No. There's already millions and millions of people who have lost their lives and their souls and have went to hell. I love, I love this Bible because here's what it does. It personifies death and Hades. And it says, and death and Hades will be thrown into the lake of fire, which is the second death. It's an amazing thing. So he says, I want you to read it. And then he says, and as they're reading it, listen to it. Those who hear, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches renewing the spirit of the mind because listen what happens when we hear when we read we have to learn did you hear me we have to learn you can't read and not learn you can't hear and not learn it's something that they play together and so i read i remember when i was in school in in uh, the first and second grade and i remember that teacher would sit there and read how many of you remember your teacher sitting there and reading to you how that you would sit there and you would just get into that book because she was reading that to you and you was hearing that and you started to live that. That's what he's saying here. He's saying, listen, blessed is the person or people who read this book. And, and then he says, and those who hear. Now he says something else. He says, and, and look what he says here and heed the things which are written in it, and heed. This, this is something. Heed the things that are written in it. Take it to heart. Call on the Holy Spirit. 
Look at this. She's going to bring up 1 John 2.20, and I want her to bring it up. I like this. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. Now listen, does anybody here say, and you have an anointing? Because the new NIV says this, but you have an anointing from the Holy Spirit. You have an anointing. He said, heed the things that are written in it. Take it to heart because listen to me. There is an unction in you. There is an anointing in you that God is going to move in you. And he's going to open up your ears. He's going to open up your mind. And he's going to give you an understanding that men cannot give you. I can articulate just so much. And you can articulate just so much. But it is the Spirit of God or the anointing which is in me that will teach me. And listen to me, that anointing is given to me by God. It's given to you by God. And that anointing or the Spirit of God will reach out of you and touch Him. And He will reach out of Himself and touch you. And it's an amazing thing what the Spirit of God will teach you. You're reading the book. You're going to read it out loud. And why are you going to read it out loud? Because you don't want it to fall on a, on a deaf eardrum. Listen to me, it's falling on a deaf eardrum today. It's falling on a deaf eardrum today. And listen, how many churches will not preach this book? How many churches will not preach the end of time? In 1 John 2.20, he says, But you have an anointing one from God. She's going to bring up just a part of verse 7, 27. Now watch this, verse 27 of 1 John. But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you. The anointing abideth in you. The anointing. What's the anointing do? It breaks the yoke of sin. The anointing takes place. And when it does, man, the anointing will not only break the yoke of sin, but God through the anointing will let, uh, allow you to touch people. He'll allow you to speak to people. And you can start changing people's lives as well as your own. Amen. They prayed for my knee in there. And somebody says, well, we already, well, I don't care. Pray again. If you want to come up, pray for me again. I don't care. Pray for me now. Till, till the knee is healed. Because God's a healer. The anointing, the unction that's inside of you. Have you ever just had God swell up inside of you and all of a sudden you're going to do some things that ordinarily you wouldn't do? Isn't that amazing? And, and some of you think that, that miracles only take place through the pastors and the elders, but not, not regular. Let me tell you something. There's an anointing in you that God gives you. There's an unction with inside of you that's going to move mountains that are in your way. It's an amazing thing. When that, when that anointing that abides in you touches the anointing from the throne of grace, I am telling you there's no devil in the world can stand in front of you and can stand. And, and then he says this. He says, for the time is near. Let me show you near. Right here. For the time is right upon us. It's now. We live in the same day that John lived in. That day has not changed. We're just coming to a close in the end of the day. And we're coming to a close very rapidly. I'm laying in bed last night. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, did I miss something here? I really am. I'm laying there and I'm thinking, 
Did I miss something? How did I get old? I, I'm thinking that. And, and I'm thinking not old in the fact that my body's shriveling up, but old in the fact where did the time go to? How, how, did it come, how did it get here so fast? How did it get here so fast? Yesterday I was young and stupid, and now I'm old and stupid. How did it get here so fast? And, and what did God do? I'm laying there in that bed, and I'm thinking, my goodness sakes. Because he says this, for the time is near. See, we still live in the same day that John lived in, but we're near at the closing of the day. So he's going to give us a warning. Anybody ever remember that, that old sitcom, Lost in Space? Warning, Will Robinson. Warning, Will Robinson. How many of you remember that? I love Lost in Space. I love that show. Man, warning. Hey, do you know that the Holy Spirit is warning us right now as we sit here? He is warning us. What's he saying? He's saying, Lynn, are you ready? Are the cares of this world drowning out the sound of the trumpet of God that says that he's on his way? How do we not know that Christ has not already left heaven? How do we not know that Christ is at any time ready to appear? How do we not know that? We can look at the signs of the time and understand that His coming is near. And the word near means at hand or right now. His coming is. Let, let, me, let me tell you this. Don't be caught up in the things of this world. Warning. Don't find yourself caught up in the things of this world and its religions. That's what the Lord told me. I added religion by permission. Don't get caught up. Listen to me. Don't get caught up in universalism. The Unitarian doctrine is of the devil. Understand this. Universalism is, is of the devil. And we start feeling sorry for people and we think surely there's more than one way to get to the, Lord, get to the Father. No, there's not. Not according to the Word of God. There's only one way. And that's through His Son, Jesus. Why do you think that when He died, He went into the lower parts of the earth? He went into the lower parts of the earth so that He could preach to the captive and cover them by the blood and they would be taken to heaven. He would set them free from the paradise which they were in and lead them to heaven and where the Old Testament saints are right now. The, the Old Testament saints aren't in paradise, they're in heaven. And what are they doing in heaven? They're cheering you and I on. Because their completion involves us isn't that amazing it's an amazing thing about people and children children brings us to completion every man wants a son some of you just got daughters that's okay okay who was telling me the other day they just had daughters somebody was telling me what who was it you guys they just had daughters and i'm thinking I bet that's a hard place to live. One man living with five daughters and a wife. Woohoo! Think of that one. 
Wow. But, but children are a completion of who we are. And they bring us to completion. That's an amazing thing. And so why are, we, why are we aborting babies? Because understand this, the devil doesn't want us to be brought into completion. And we're, we're brought into completion. Well, what about people that can't have children? They're in the hands of God, but children bring us to a completion. And that's what we are. We're God's children. children. And here's what he's saying to us. The same thing that we say to our children, God's saying to us. He says, don't find yourself caught up in the things of this world. Don't do it. I'm speaking in, into Easton back there because I'm saying, okay, he's going to be a preacher in this church and he's going to be able, he's going to take the ministry of this church when it comes to the youth. And I start pouring in him and he's, he's looking at me and he's saying, mm-mm. I poured into him and he said, uh-uh. I come after Bill, Pastor Bill. And Pastor Bill had Galvin's restaurant and I'd walk in, he'd run out. Yeah, he did. He'll tell you that story. I walk in and he run out. Yeah. And because every time I saw him, I said, God's called you to preach the gospel. Warning, don't find yourself caught up in the things of this world and its religions. There's only one way to the Lord Jesus Christ. She's going to bring up Revelation 120. I want to show you something. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand and the seven, seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. That's an interesting thing to me, and I'm looking at that. Seven stars are the angels. So in, in our Bibles, we have a Greek lexicon, and, and uh, that Greek lexicon will give you somewhat of a definition and then explain it to you in its Baptist form. You didn't get that. Now, the Greek lexicon, it'll, it'll give you some of the explanation of the Greek word, but in the Baptist form. Now, I don't like that, or in a Methodist form. So the best thing to do is just go right back to the Greek, because you can do that and say, hey, give me the definition of the Greek word without anybody, without a Pentecostal reference or a Baptist reference or anybody making a commentary on it, just a word. That's all I want. Because I know the Baptists are going to rule out the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the Methodists are going to say we don't even know there is one or don't care. And the Catholic Church says we are the church and if you listen to us, you're going to go to hell. Yes, you are. I agree with that. Okay, understand this right now. Oh, did I say that over TV? X that out. Oh, she says she can't do it. I'm, I'm being serious with your religions. Okay, but look what he says here. He says seven stars are angels. Here's the Greek for that, the original Greek. And uh, I'm not going to be one of those guys that uh, uh, tells you what that, the Greek word. I like that one, the Greek word, like we really care what the Greek word is. So I had this guy that taught for me, and he would always write the Greek word up there on the board. And, and so uh, we're sitting in class one day, and I said to this other guy, I said, uh, tell him he spelled the word wrong. And this guy said, I'm not telling him that. I said, yeah, when he writes that Greek word out there, just tell him, you know, with the symbols and everything. I said, tell him he spelled it wrong. And he said, I'm not going to do that. So we go to class, and uh, I'm watching this, this person do this class, and he writes out this word, and I said, hey. He said, what? I said, I think you spelled that wrong. 
I didn't know if you did or not, okay? And I said, hey, I think you spelled that wrong. He walked out. He got upset. So I'm not going to give you all that because I will guarantee you that if I try to give you that Greek word, I'm going to mess it up really bad, okay? And I'm going to look really silly because somebody's going to watch this and they're going to chuckle. But I am going to give you the Greek on angels. Listen to what it is. One who brings tidings. One who brings the message of God. Pastors. That's what it is. Pastors. To bring tidings of the gospel of the kingdom. That's what he's talking about here. He's saying to these pastors in these, to the angel, the church of Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Philadelphia. Listen to what he's saying. He's saying this. He's saying, you bring in tidings of the message of the kingdom of God. Are you bringing that? That's what he's saying. He's saying, you, do you understand I got you? Look, look where we're at. Uh, he says, in my right hand. He said, do you understand, pastors, that you're going to be accountable on the day that you meet me at the judgment throne of God, the, the, the judgment seat of Christ? Did, did you teach those people to read this book? Did you teach those people to listen to this book? Did you teach those people to heed this book? Did you teach those people that I'm coming soon? And the word soon in Greek means quickly and suddenly. Did you teach those people to be ready? Did you teach them that? Or did you teach them all about the humanistic things that the liberal world has? Here's what he's going to say to us preachers. Did you tell them people that I can redeem them? He's going to say to us, he's going to say, did you tell those people that I can heal them? Did you tell those people I can deliver you? Did you tell those people that there is a resurrection waiting them, that they will be with me? Did you tell those people that there is a baptism of the Holy Spirit that's in work, at work in the church today like nothing else? To the church of Ephesus, he didn't say go back and do your first works over. He doesn't say that. He says repent and do your first works. And what was the first works? The first works of the early church was the baptism of God's Holy Spirit coming in and taking over the church. And men, by the unction and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, spread the gospel throughout the known world that they knew. He said, go back and do that. He said, go back and lay hands on the sick. Go back and speak into them. See if I will not do extraordinary miracles for you. That's what he's saying. He said, I got the pastors in my right hand. Why? Because there are pastors doing this. Are we teaching people that they will be blessed when they read this book? And they need to heed this book. And they need to hear the prophecies of this book. Because, listen, things which are written in it for the time is at hand. Are we telling people that? The seven churches, listen to this. And I'm thinking, well, let me look that up. And so I looked that up. And the seven churches are the congregation of the assembly, both on earth and heaven. And I'm looking at that. I can understand it on earth, but how about heaven? He says this, he said, the congregation of the assembly, both on earth and heaven. Peter says, we teach angels. Paul teaches us that we are kingdom priests. 
Paul teaches us that we'll judge this world. He said, don't you know you'll judge angels? We don't know that. We're ignorant. And, and, and the word ignorant and the, and the root word of, of the word ignorant is ignore. And we ignore the things of the word of God and we don't want to hear those words because, listen, it applies to us and we have to get out of ourselves and get into the Holy Spirit and allow that anointing which he give us to be at work in us. What a sad thing for us pastors. Now, I hope pastors listen to me today. What a sad scenario for us when we stand before the Lord and he's going to say, you know, your people didn't even know about redemption. Your people didn't even know that I was able to heal and deliver them. Do you understand the people that you preached to didn't know that I was the resurrection and the life? Do you understand that you have a church where people didn't know that there was a baptism of God's Holy Spirit that would come in and fill them with power like they've never had before? And we will stand before the Lord and give an account of that. Greater judgment has he that preaches this gospel. And we will be judged by that. The seven stars, the angels, that's who we are. And what do we do? We teach the glad tidings of the kingdom of God and the seven churches is the congregation or the light of the earth in heaven and on earth. And I'm going to show you something in a minute. How the seven spirits are before the throne of God. Watch this. Revelation 4-5. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Amazing. I'll look at that and I'll look at that. There's got to be a commentary on that. And there's no commentary on that. So with permission, I say this to you. The church is the lampstand. The lampstand for the spirits of God. Those seven spirits that cover those seven churches and those seven churches are accumulation of all of the churches which we are supposed to be at work at. The Catholics are not entirely wrong. They're not entirely wrong. What's wrong with the Catholic Church is the corrupted government from the papal, the Vatican, and down. The Baptist churches aren't wrong entirely. The Methodist churches aren't entirely wrong. Do you understand the Pentecostal churches aren't entirely wrong? There's some things that we're getting right. And, and, the, and Jesus does say, hey, for you who are getting it right, even in the Catholic church, even in your Pentecostal church, even in, he said, for you that's getting it right, do you have an ear to hear that you can be overcomers? And when you do, here's the reward for being an overcomer. But if you have a pastor that never teaches you that, how do you know? How do you know? How do you know how to preach this gospel? How do you know what the kingdom of God is? Because listen to what he says to the churches. He said, you're the lampstand for my spirits. He said, my spirits stand before my throne. Seven spirits stand before the throne of God. And what are the lampstands of these seven spirits? Well, I got news for you. The lampstands are the churches. And we should be a lampstand with the Holy Spirit burning like he's never burned before. There is no reason whatsoever that anybody ought to be able to come into this church and not be healed. 
There's no reason why you can't come into this church and not be delivered. Shame on us when we don't preach salvation. Shame on us when we don't preach healing, when we don't preach deliverance. Shame on us when we don't preach the resurrection of the dead in Christ. Shame on us when we don't preach the baptism of God's Holy Spirit. Shame on us when we say that the rapture will not take place. Shame on us. The rapture is ready to take place at any time. But are we ready? That's the point. I'm I'm going to say this tongue-in-cheek. And so take it like I'm saying it. Listen to me. If you are more into the chiefs on this Sunday morning than you are into God, you've got issues. How many of you know that? If you are into anything that takes away from you serving the Lord and working for Him, there's issues that need to be taken care of. Martyrism is not your TV not working. Martyrism is not you having to drive a 10-year-old car. You got new cars? I'm fine with that. I like riding with you. Catch the drift. Because God will give you things. He just doesn't want you to make a God out of those things. Because when the Lord comes, He is the God of everything in our life. I'm not telling you not to watch the Chiefs. I used to like them. You can't go over to Harold's and watch the Chiefs because they have so many conflicts. When the Chiefs are doing good, I'm doing good. When the Chiefs aren't doing good, I'm not doing good. I am a, I, I'm not a good fan. I, I'm not. I, I only like the winner. So I'll jump off the Chief bandwagon and get over there with the Patriots. Or... Yeah, I just hurt you right to the core, didn't I? Just get, get a hold of this one thing. Get a hold of this. And this is why I want you to The church is the lampstands for the light of God. Does everybody understand that? And so he says, From the, the throne proceeded flashings of lightning and sounds and pearls. Uh, that's bells ringing of thunder. And seven lamps of fire burning before the throne which are the seven spirits of God. And why this the number seven? Because number seven is the number of God. Six is the number of man. Twelve is the number of completion. Just go down through there and look at that. Why are there twelve apostles? And why are there twelve patriarchs? Why is there twelve foundations? Why is there twelve gates? Why? Because the number twelve is the completion of God. How many of you know this thing's finished already? Do you understand this thing is already finished? And you say, no, it isn't. Yes, I, I know it is because I've read this book over and over and over and over. It's already finished. How many of you know Jesus finished it before he even came? And when he said, Father, it is finished, it is finished. No more to do. But listen to this. He says, we are the lampstands. Mm. Pastors, you are the messenger of the kingdom. And church... You are the lamp stands to get this fire out. It's a call out to the churches. It's a call out to pastors. Listen, in verse 3, this is what's written. And, and, it, and when it says the word written, I want you to look at this, the word written. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear in the words of the prophecy and heed the things which are written. Everybody say written. Hey, listen to what this is. Written describes with grave importance. 
with grave importance. Do you know what? I am describing something to you of grave importance to you right now. Whether you hear or whether you don't hear, it's grave. And that word grave means it's serious. It means you need to take it into your heart. It means this. It means grave importance. It means there's nothing more important than what's written in this book. It's the most important thing on planet earth. And what is that? That God has called us to be a kingdom and priests. We are a kingdom. Peter says it this way. He says, do you not know that we are a peculiar people? Not weird. We're peculiar. Some of us are weird. God didn't call us to be weird. How many of you know that we're weird? Okay, but he didn't say weird. He said peculiar. And that word peculiar means you're different on your viewpoints. You're different. You're, you're, you're not a liberal. You're not a right winger. You're not a conservative. You are a born again Christian. How many of you understand there's a difference there? And you understand what God is doing. He said this is of grave importance. It is written for the purpose of the word to, to be evangelized through the world. And so when you read this book, here's two things that need to come out. Number one, it ought to make you an evangelist like you've never been before. And number two, it ought to draw you closer to the Lord than you've ever drawn, been drawn before. Because you're going to see the whole scope of everything. What is the whole scope of everything? That Jesus Christ is Lord of Lords. He's King of Kings and there's no other like Him. Listen to what he said. He said, you are a peculiar people. You are a royal people. Listen to what he said. You are a priesthood. You are a nation. And he said at one time you weren't any of these things. But God has taken you for his own possession. And he has made you his people. We are royalty in a world where there is no royalty. How many of you understand there is no royalty with the devil and the things that follow him? Only death. But when it comes to God, there's royalty. He says this, he says, we're kingdom. We're kingdom. We're priests. He says we are a people of God. In verse 4, I'm going to read verse 4 to you again. She already brought it up. John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from God, from him who is, who was, and is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne. These seven spirits, the seven churches are the lampstands to hold the light, and the seven spirits uh, who are before the throne of God give the light out to the world. Jesus, Jesus doesn't want anyone that Jesus doesn't want anyone to perish, but Jesus wants all to come to repentance and come to eternal life. Listen, Jesus doesn't. Okay, I got it. Jesus don't want any of these churches to be caught in tribulation, great tribulation. Now, watch, watch this. Chapters 1, 2, and 3 are instructions before leaving. 1, 2, and 3. All right, what do you mean? Okay, he, these are the instructions before leaving. Now, now we're, we're going to Florida. And, and I found out the other day, we're going first class. Mm-hmm. Boy, that put a smile on my face. I always rode coach. One time, I was going, when I was going to Uganda, and um, we were flying across the Atlantic Ocean, they bumped me. And so they come to me and they said, listen, we need your seat. And if you will give your seat up, here's what we'll do. Well, what's that? We will fly you first class. Really? We will fly you first class. 
people, that is amazing. So I said, yeah, I'll do that. So then they said, well, you step in that room right there. And you wait till your flight comes and we'll come and get you. Really? We're going to take care of everything. Really? So I stepped in this room and there was all kinds of food. All kinds of liquor, all kinds of everything. No, I didn't take in the liquor if I did, I wouldn't tell you. But I didn't. But all kinds of food, everything, there's people waiting, people. And I sat in there and I sound. And they said, what newspaper would you like to have? What do you mean? Well, they have newspapers from all over the world. Really? Really? Yeah. Say, did you get him on there? Huh? He just tried to take away from my thunder. So, so they, so that, hey, hey, this, this is good. Would you like a hot towel for your face? That was just in the room, waiting for the plane. Then it got in the plane. I got a long flight over the Atlantic Ocean. Okay. And the chairs. You know when you're riding coach, you just kind of lean back. You ever notice them chairs don't even go that far back? What's wrong with them people? How about, how about some of you guys? You ever get in them and, and you get, and your hips start hurting, you're in coach? Yeah, and all that. Well, in first class, the bed, the chairs made into a bed. And then they give me a blanket, a heated blanket. And we ate out of China, real China. And while in the coach they're eating peanuts, man, we're eating steak. I'm not kidding you. I'm telling you the truth. And all, it, it, was, it was totally amazing. And that was first class. Well, we just got news that when we go to a certain place, we're going first class. Hey, I got some news for you. Church, wake up. When Jesus comes, we're going first class. Amen. When Jesus comes, we're going first class. Listen to me. Here's what it is. Revelation 1, 2, and 3. These are our instructions before leaving. He's given us instructions how to read this word, how to glean from this word. And then he's given instructions to these churches. And he's telling, this is how you can be an overcomer. This is what you need to do to repent. Listen, he, and, and in every church, he still says there are still some who haven't bowed down to the knee of Satan. There are still some that I find that are still worthy. He says, hold on to what you got. He said, these are the instructions. Do we have an ear to hear the instructions before leaving? Because people, we're leaving. We're leaving. And one day, that sky's going to break open. Yes, it is. And they don't want to preach this to you, but I'll preach it. One day that sky's going to break open and there's going to be Jesus Christ. And when He comes, let me tell you something, the dead in Christ are going to come right up out of the graves. And then when they come out of those graves, we who are alive and remain we're going to be caught away with the Lord like nothing has ever happened in our life 
This is going to be so fantastic. It's called the catching away of the saints of God. It's called the parousia. What is called? It's called the rapture. People say that the rapture is not in the Bible. It is in the Bible. It's called the parousia. Let me tell you what it means. It means to be snatched away. It needs to be caught away by force. And when Jesus comes, let me tell you something, people. We're going first class. And we haven't never seen anything until we are with the Lord and we step into heaven. Praise the name of the Lord. There's nothing going to be like it in all of the world. Woo. Then we're coming back. We're going to come back with the Lord when he sets up his kingdom on planet earth. Let me keep going. I'm about done. Chapters 1, 2, and 3 are instructions for leaving. Chapter 4 is the rapture of the church. Come up here. And then in chapter 5 shows us the saints of God are in heaven. Revelation 5, 8, 9, and 10. Watch this. You're going to bring it up. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. Verse 9. And they sang a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. That's the rapture right there. And hast made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Chapter 5. We're in heaven. We're in heaven. Chapter 5. We are in heaven. It shows the saints, saints singing a new song. Singing a new song. And then chapter 6. Starts the great tribulation. Antichrist and man's wrath will be unrestricted. When the seven seals are poured out, that'll be man's wrath, the Antichrist's wrath, unrestricted. The seven trumpets will be all God. The seven trumpets, and then you come to the seven bowls of God's wrath. That will be an unrestricted wrath of the Lord. I mean, the Bible says, you want to move that? If you would, I appreciate it. And the Bible says this, and stand with us this morning. And it says this, it says that the sky will be rolled back as a scroll. Men of earth will look right into the throne room of God because the mountains have left its place. The islands have fled away. The sky has been removed. And men will look right into the throne room of God. It's an amazing thing that when you look at the globe, you say, well, how will people know His coming? Because when you look at the globe, we're all looking up. And if you remove everything out of the way, the mountains and the islands, you remove everything out of the way, men will all see the same picture. And they'll look right into the throne room of God. And here's what they'll say. They'll say, hide us. Hide us from God and the wrath of the Lamb. Hide us. And then the last verse in chapter 6 will say this. Who will be able to stand? Who? Men won't be able to stand. Listen to this. But right now, what are we doing? Here's what I'm going to 
say to you. Read that book. Read it to your children. Read it to your animals if you have to. Read the book. Read it. And, it, and listen. And if you don't have an ear to hear, say, God, give me an ear to hear what the Spirit says to the churches. As pastors, we need to heed the call. As elders, you need to heed the call. And they said, heed what is in the book. Here's what it ought to make you. It ought to make you an evangelist to see people saved. I'm not saying to go watch the Chiefs. That You shouldn't do that. That's legalism. Go watch them. Have fun. Have fellowship. I'm not saying not to do that. I'm just saying don't make it your priority. How many of you got that? Don't make it your priority. And there's nothing wrong with having new automobiles. I like it when people in this church get automobiles that are new or nice. I like that. Just don't make it your priority. There's nothing wrong with having a nice home. That just means God's provided for you. Just don't make it your priority. So then what is priority? Priority is first, and here's what it is. Make God first. Make God not, God, God's not priority. Because then we're putting God in a certain place. God is God. He needs to be in everything. What is that? The Word is written. And what's the Word that is written? It's right there in Revelation. Look at it. Where do you stand with the Lord? Give me some music. Where do you stand with the Lord? What's going on with you? Are you a missionary in your heart? And, and listen to me. If, if you're cold in spirit, get hot. Get hot. Trust God. Trust Him. Right now i got a grandson who's going through a hard time, him and his wife. I speak into that marriage right now in the name of Jesus, and I call it forth as healed. I call it forth as healed. i got grandchildren that don't serve God. I call them forth in the name of Jesus to serve the Lord. There is a youth minister for this church somewhere. And I'm calling them forth right now in the name of the Lord. I'm calling teachers for the school. I'm calling teachers for the church. I'm calling forth prophets today that are not afraid to speak the words of the Lord. I'm calling forth a prophetic word. Calling forth that people who are filled with God's Spirit will not be afraid to make a declaration over another person and do it in the Spirit of the Lord. Not afraid to do that. Where is your life? Listen to me. Read the, read the instructions for a living. Is that there is coming a day? So, so I want you to read the book. And read it to yourself, read it out loud, but read the book. And see what starts to happen to you. Now, I, I, believe, in corp, I, I believe in corporate I, that the Holy Spirit can come and touch us corporately. I believe He'll touch us individually. I believe that. So I, if, if you would, I want you to raise your hands if you would. And, and just close your eyes. And ask the Lord to fill you up with Himself and, and create a hunger inside 
and a thirst inside because he tells us if we're thirsty to come to him, if we're hungry to come and he'll feed us. And that we want to be an evangelist for the Lord. We want to be the kingdom of God that goes forward in Christ. And as we raise our hands to him as collective group, then we say, Father God, honor what we are doing this morning. And Father, for Pastor Bill and myself and others, forgive us, Lord, of things that we have not done that we knew to do as ministers. Forgive us, Lord, and from this day forward, let us go forward preaching the gospel without favor. And Lord, the, the, this church right now, Lord, as we have our hands raised to you, that you would bless us right now, you would forgive us, and Father, that we would repent, we would go back, we would not go back, but we would start today to do the first works. And what are the first works? The first works are what the early church did. And what was that? They allowed you to be God. They allowed you to be healer. They allowed you to be the redeemer. <clears throat> they allowed you to be the deliverer. They allowed you to be the resurrection and the life. They allowed you to be the baptizer. Father God, baptize us with your Holy Spirit. Baptize us as a collective group right now. Just baptize us. In the name of Jesus, the Son of the living God, just baptize us right now with power. Baptize us right now with authority. Father God, cleanse us and make us whole. Wash us, Lord, and make us white as snow. Touch us, Father. We have family, we have friends, Father, that are at lost and are out of the ark of safety. Father, no man can do this thing. No man can help us, Lord. We need you right now to help us father no man can get us out of what's taking place but father god your holy spirit can and father i pray that we are a light a light of the world that's set on the lampstand lord that's what you said in your in matthew you said a light needs to be set on the lampstand lord do not take our lampstand let the spirit of god shine through us as a menorah Touch his father.